Karan Hazija has been a serial entrepreneur and business coach for the last 13 years. He owns two ventures currently, Quantum Leap Learning Solutions, Southeast Asia's biggest business coaching and performance consulting organization, and Dream Catchers Investment, an organization specifically focusing on scaling up businesses massively. Has started four business ventures so far, out of which two are successful and two went bust. And because of which, he knows what works and what doesn't work. He's the author of Amazon bestseller and Amazon's editor's choice, Cattle or Catalyst book. Over the last 13 years, he has impacted more than 200,000 people through his training and coaching engagements. Over 150 plus corporate organizations and has trained more than 5,000 business owners and professionals in seven countries. He currently runs a system of hand-holding 700 plus entrepreneurs and across these seven countries, helping them to scale up their business. He is known as the systems freak. He is India's leading business coach. So welcome to the Abundance Show, Karan Hazija. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Satish. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So Karan, uh, let's begin by asking you this. Um, before you started this business venture and this journey of being in business, what were you doing before that? <laughs> uh, uh, Okay, so I started out really young. So the most obvious answer is that I was in college. Mm -hmm. But the interesting part about what I was doing before I started a business was that while I was in college, I was also part of a youth organization, uh, which I would say was a simulated experience of running a business, mm -hmm. which is where I actually got exposed to how businesses work, how teams work, how does training really work. So I spent a good two, two and a half years of my college life in this youth organization. Okay. so. So right from day one, instead of taking up a corporate job or something like people do normally, you immediately embarked upon uh, your business journey? So it didn't work exactly that way. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to, truth to be told, uh, so I'm an engineer, mm -hmm. but I'm an engineering dropout. So I'm one of those cases who because I was clear that engineering is not for me, and I was clear that I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship, I took the, I took the call of dropping out because anyway I was honestly not really accomplishing anything because I just wasn't interested mm -hmm. and I knew where my journey was going to go. Mm -hmm. I took the call of dropping out. Uh, before that, I mean before my engineering uh, and just after my 12th standard, I had uh, a seventh month of a, of a vacant period and that was the time I actually worked for a corporate. Mm -hmm. So I worked for, 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 for a call center and uh, uh, a very established call center just to get my hands dirty for me to experience how it works. I was just about 17 and a half years of age. I didn't want to while away my time so I wanted to earn a little bit of extra pocket money at that point in time. So I got really exposed to how things work at a very early age for two months. But it gave me a lot of exposure to sales. It gave me a lot of exposure to, to teams. So that's how I started off. Okay. okay. So in your business journey that you said, uh, you mentioned that you've got four business ventures that you have exposed to earlier. And uh, some of them uh, didn't do well. And two of them are extremely successful that I know of now. So how did you uh, decide that this is the niche for you? This is the line for you? This is the uh, position that you need to take? Or this is your competency? <laughs> okay, so how did I decide? Mm. Uh, honestly, I wish I had someone like me to tell me what was the right thing to do 13 years back mm -hmm. because uh, I would have saved at least 8 years of my life. Let me put it that way. And mm -hmm. I speak not just for me, I speak on behalf of my business partners also. And therefore, I, I really believe that having the right kind of education and the right kind of coach and mentor to guide you in the right direction makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. But how did I decide? By doing everything wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it came from. So here's the funny part about experiences. Uh, experiences uh, gives you expertise, but the expertise comes when because of the experience you make a lot of mistakes. So when you make a lot of mistakes, you know what you should not do. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you figure out what you should do. That's so that's why I figure out what is my niche because I did everything which is not supposed to be my niche. Right, right. So uh, I think right from the beginning, from the word go for business, you were already into uh, fields like setting up systems and all of that or was it uh, something which happened along the way obviously it happened along the way, along the way. I, I i didn't i i mean i was a, i was a kid i come i come from a business family yeah. no doubt but i come from a traditional business family mm-hmm. where the concept of systems and the concept of processes is alien you know my dad's been into textile retail uh, and we've been primarily into the textile business for at least my family was in the business for almost 37 years mm-hmm. so i i understand business but not process and systems in fact i learned process and systems in through one of my failed business ventures because uh, there we were working with clients in the uk and we had to have service providers and vendors working for us across the world and i was to represent the client to manage the projects on behalf of them train them coach them hire people for their projects that i, I you know had contacts and to support so because of that i had to set up processes and systems which had to work at any given point of time across multiple countries so irrespective of which country irrespective of what time zone it had to give me a measurement mechanism of what is working and what is not working and through that experience on the go okay i actually learned how processes work i was able to design and you know create the right kind of processes and systems uh, and and work with people across the globe so that's when i really learned with through experience and not through theoretical knowledge mm-hmm. okay so uh, do you uh, feel that because uh, i know that you're handling a lot of business owners and businesses uh, but from where i come from i am looking at what can solopreneurs people who are uh, into businesses of their own they are good in what they do but they don't have large teams or maybe they don't have any teams they could be trainers they could be network marketers so for them does it make sense to have systems and processes oh yes of course mm-hmm. because first of all you need to understand what is the process and what is the system a process gives you direction of what to do and how to do and the problem with most solopreneurs is that it's all over here yes okay and because of that there's no standardization let's be honest today you're a solopreneur but for you to scale up tomorrow eventually you will have a team right if not 20 30 40 people one or two people to support you because if your business is completely going to be dependent on you then obviously uh, there's a limitation to scale yeah. so as a solopreneur having those processes in place helps you not only to you know build enough enough of a platform to have a team in place but also to improvise what you are doing because when you put it in the form of a process you can measure yourself a lot more better yeah. and the system ultimately what is the system it's a mechanism to measure yourself to measure manage and control your activities to produce a result a big mistake is most solopreneurs do is that they don't have a, a system they don't have a system to review and measure themselves and therefore what they do is the benchmark yes. but doesn't equal to that they're producing a result so there's a direct requirement for a process or system over there which will help them to scale up in the future okay okay so can you give some specific examples as to uh, so, suppose as a solopreneur or a business owner who is looking at scaling up he's very clear that system and process are absolutely essential so how does he go about doing that so here's my take uh, as a as a solopreneur one thing i mean let's understand why is the person solo solo basically means that they don't have a team they're a one man show yeah. what happens when they're a one man show 
they are involved in everything yeah now obviously when you are involved in everything uh, the consistency at which you want to get results is going to be weak right. because you're going to constantly firefight and there's not going to be any kind of consistency so my recommendation step number 1 is to make sure that the business model is right and you evaluate as a solopreneur if your business model has the potential to scale up what do i mean by scale up can you duplicate these services uh, from a scale perspective mm. can someone else do it can it be replicated in mm. terms of skill and secondly after duplicating and replicating it does it give you the same kind of profit margins which you are getting today that's when it makes sense to sell to scale so that's the first step you know evaluate the business model whether it is scalable and profitable then from a time perspective the business owner the solopreneur needs to invest a lot of time when it comes to marketing mm. because ultimately the bloodline of any business is the marketing and sales yes. because marketing is what brings in the leads and sales is what gets you the customers and once that is set up once you have enough of a capacity to afford a team to scale up that's when the team building can start and the team building should start again on the operational front and not on the marketing and sales front because to start off with my honest recommendation to all solopreneurs is that they need to be on the side of the business which is controlling the money a big mistake which a lot of solopreneurs do is that they start moving to the operations front and hire people for sales and marketing there's no harm in hiring people but they need to be involved there in comparison to operations because that's what brings in the money mm. right so develop a team in your operations team to duplicate the service provision of course with the right kind of quality but having said that start getting more focused on marketing because that's what will bring you the money to scale up mm. and then once that is set up you keep you know there's a mechanism there's a science behind hiring people when where and that obviously depends upon your business situation and the roles and then slowly step by step with years and with your business scaling up in terms of revenue you can constantly expand your team and start reducing uh, start reducing the dependency on you and getting get into true management of business that's the direction a solopreneur needs to take right right so uh, what would you say is the biggest reason why people or business owners don't look at scaling up or don't look at expanding in a particular way the way you are talking about in terms of putting systems so the biggest reason according to me is because they don't know how mm. yeah or they think they know mm. but most people don't i mean mm. when you talk to a solopreneur their biggest challenge is i don't know how to scale which means that they lack knowledge they lack capability mm. and they do and before because of that they're not able to go in the right direction for example i mean let's look at it logically marketing and sales go hand in hand yeah. if you don't do marketing then how can you make sure you get consistent sales yeah. if you're not doing marketing then you are relying on hope and you're relying on on external forces to give you the money when you're just sitting over there and doing nothing about it the problem is that most people don't know how to market and even if they market they're not marketing in the right way and therefore not getting the return on investment okay so so lack of knowledge is the biggest reason why people are not able to scale okay yeah second thing is their inability to manage a team to scale whether it is technology whether it is the what what a scale mean let's understand that scale is your way of maximizing the operations of what you're doing today you will use either a team or you will use technology but ultimately you got to you and sometimes you're going to use both people don't know how to operate team more than anything else. they fail the maximum they think over there that uh, you know working with a team is equal to hiring them and giving them work i wish it was so easy and everybody would have done it mm. but it's not just about hiring and giving them work there are so many aspects when it comes to team you got to keep in mind so you're able to generate performance for your team and that's where the biggest competence is lacking okay very nice very interesting so i fully agree and appreciate the point that you're coming from 
but I'd like to give a little twist to it. Sure. So what about uh, companies and or business owners who are looking at network marketing or even online marketing where you don't have your own employees. It's like a virtual employees. It's like a team that you're building. They are going to work with you. They're going to learn from you and they're going to implement stuff from you. Okay. So in those scenarios specifically, is it essential for them to think like a company, like a business or doesn't matter? So Satish, honestly, my recommendation is yes, because even though, let us say, as a network marketing business or a digital marketer, they could be virtual teams, they could be extended teams who are not on their payroll or say they work like freelancers or they work like, like partners, just like network marketing, it's still a team, yes. which means that, I mean, yes, there is a little difference because they're not accountable as an employee, but putting in the right systems for measurement in creating the right kind of culture so that people are aligned, having the right kind of goals, having the right kind of deliverables, having the right kind of performance management is required because ultimately, whether it is outsourced or whether it's through, you know, a structure like network marketing, you are working as a team. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. yeah. Very true. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, tell me now in your business, in your company as coaches, uh, I think you're hold, handling a lot of businesses. Okay. Now these business owners, when they come to you, uh, is it that they have a business model which is already like working and they just need to figure out how to scale up or is there sometimes a fundamental need for them to look at businesses in a little more detail and understand whether the business is really workable or not. So what kind of role do you play in, in those kind of scenarios? So Satish, we have both. Okay, so, so I'll tell you the, the, the good part about our, about our business is that uh, for us, we have people at various different stages of business who come in. We have people who are in startup mode. Mm. We have people who are third gen businesses. In fact, the, 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 if, if you really look at the analytics, more than 80% of the businesses whom we handhold are not startups, which means they've been around at least for 10 years minimum. Some of them went on for 50, 60 years, which means that you know their grandfathers would have started off the businesses. Yeah. Okay. And still over there, the business model needs evolution. Yeah. Because just because your business is old, doesn't mean your business model, but business model should not evolve. Come on, markets are changing, customer demands are changing, your product needs to change, everybody needs to evolve with time. Yeah. So based on my experiences, we've had established businesses who need to rework on their business model. We've had new businesses whose business model is great. So it's always a combination depending upon the situation and it's not and and if let's just say the business model needs an improvisation whether it needs an improvisation or not we do an analysis and give people direction to ensure that they have the right product for the right customer with the right revenue model so that it's profitable that combination of these three parameters product and service customer and the money element these three working in the right permutation combination is essentially to the business model mm -hmm. so coming up with that right formula whether it's established or not by default we evaluate for people there you go. There you go. Okay, now uh, that brings me to another question where uh, you have in, in your team, your three partners who are there. Um, so similar analogy I'm trying to give outside. Now, if you have got a team, if you've got a virtual team or your own team, uh, I'm, I'm talking more in the context of virtual teams, you know, how does one identify your strength and how does one allocate the roles for each other? Because I see that you, your teams are like, you know, you are focused on systems and processes. One person is focused, your partner is focused on sales and the partner is focused on say, marketing and all of that. So how did you come about, you know, uh, deciding that this is the field that we are going to focus on. This is the field that he's going to focus on and the, that other person is going to focus on. How is it? So obviously with, with experience, you get aware of what your strengths are mm. and the criteria for you to decide 
how do you build the right kind of partners how do you build the right kind of associates whether it is you know actual physical teams or whether it is virtual teams mm-hmm. honestly according to me is to look for complementary strengths okay so so here's how it works when it comes to us so i'll speak for rajiv pranav and me the three of us uh, to with each other we are extremely complementary and that is the reason why our partnership works because what say i am good at rajiv and pranav are not good at whereas what rajiv is good at me and pranav are not good at and what pranav is good at rajiv and me are not good at so what happens is we have extremely exclusive strengths and because of that exclusive deliverables to bring on the table which makes it a synergy in fact we are very incomplete without each other yeah. and we always stick to that because i mean i am no one without the both of them rajiv is no one without the both of us and same with pranav we make we make that team so my my advice and my suggestion not only when it comes to partnerships but even when it comes to you building a team having clarity on what first of all what capabilities you require having clarity on out of those capabilities what can you bring on the table will give you that awareness of what kind of partners you need to look at to fill up those capability gaps to create the right kind of synergy in a partnership that's how you should go about doing it yeah very nice so now i'll ask you a question which is uh, which is a no brainer i think it's a obvious answer for that but i would like to uh, you to put from your perspective uh what is the importance of learning because <laughs> i've seen lot of people know whether in business or even in corporate lives uh the learning has almost been relegated to like in you know, a college life it's like the thing of the past so how important in today's scenario is it for people to be learning and improvising on themselves you touched a nerve satish uh because uh, it's a it's a very dangerous conclusion a lot of people are coming to that learning is equal to college because come on let's be honest okay uh 